to Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast, episode 122, which I didn't know about until a minute ago. Sam told me what episode we were on. Um, sorry about last week, everybody. Um, life kind of got in the way for me. I had three essays that I had to do. I was getting ready for a longer drill with the military. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't devote any time to it. I tried, but it just, it wasn't in the cards last week, so it actually ended up working out well for us. There wasn't, um, I guess there wasn't a ton going on last week. I mean, obviously there was still sports news going on, nothing major, nothing breaking. Um, but we're back. We've got more to talk about this week and we've got some entertainment stuff to talk about as well. Um, Sam, how was your weekend? How was your week? What is up? Cheers. Okay. Um, my week, my week's been all right, man. Nothing really to report, just like the sports world. Nothing really has been been happening. I feel like it's been a pretty chill week. I I will say though, the month of February has flown by. Right. I, I mean, it's already the twenty eighth now for us. Um, and this will come out. It'll be the third of March. I mean, this the way twenty twenty two is going. We're gonna be in twenty twenty three in no time. Yeah, it's gone by pretty quickly. Um, and so before we get started, I do feel like we do have to make at least some mention of what is obviously happening in the world. I don't think that it is our place to necessarily comment on it. Um, with me being in the military, I do have quite a bit of knowledge that I could share on it. Um, but it's one of those things where, and I really appreciate, um, at least for myself, I really appreciate have always appreciated when times are tough um, coming on and listening to sports shows, because for me, it's sports has always been that healthy distraction um, away from the world or something stressful. And with any sports show or any movie or something like that, obviously what we're talking about is nowhere near. Well, I honestly, it's not all that important and it's certainly not um, anywhere near comparable in terms of importance to what is happening in the world right now. Um, but if you are looking for a break and if you are looking for a way to just take your mind off of it, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, give you a little bit of break from that and uh, make you smile, make you laugh and just take your mind off that or anything that's bothering you really. So um, just wanted to address that before we get started um, because I, I don't feel like we should be ignorant um, to what is, to what is happening right now. So with that being said, I don't feel like there's a, brilliant way to transition from that so we're just gonna jump right into our show episode 122 so we've got a good lineup for you for you today um we've got an interesting segment that we've had sort of in the burner for a while um that we were saving for the right time that we're going to start the show off we have another fun uh game that we're going to play after that talk about a little bit of baseball and then do some entertainment as well so we'll start with this segment that we've had waiting for a while um and it was sort of an observation that we made three, four weeks ago, I actually ironically heard it mentioned something similar to it this week on ESPN. And then I texted Sam. I was like, dude, this was our idea three weeks ago. And I just sort of heard it the other day. When you sort of, when you take a look at the landscape in sports, the NBA, the NFL, tennis, golf, baseball, even, there are a lot of players who over the past couple of years, and even now have retired or are getting to the ends of their career. Like, and 
obviously this happens every year, but the people that I'm more specifically talking about in these sports could all be considered like the greatest of all time, or at least in the conversation for the goats of their sports. So specifically, if we go down the list, we'll go to the NBA. LeBron James is coming to the twilight of his career. He's probably going to retire within the next three to four years. And he's, he's, I mean, for a generation, for Sam Knight's generation, he's been our Jordan. You go to the NFL, Peyton Manning obviously has been out of league for a little while, but he was sort of the first one. Then you had Drew Brees, who retired. You had Ben Roethlisberger, who retired. Phillip Rivers may not be a GOAT, but he was a generational quarterback. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, just retired. You go to baseball, and Mike Trout right now is still kind of – he's still young for baseball terms. But in terms of somebody who is, again, getting to the later stages of his career, it is Mike Trout. And people talk about him as being one of the greatest of all times. You go to tennis right now. We are definitely, at least in terms of the men's side, in the best era of men's tennis um, with Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. And then Serena Williams as well. They're all sort of in the twilight of their career. Golf, Tiger Woods has been around for – 20-something years. He came back recently, but he's also in the twilight of his career. So, And then even in soccer, you have Messi and Ronaldo who are also in the twilights of their career. So it's an interesting thing when you think about it. All of these people, all of these athletes would be in the conversation for potentially the greatest of all time in their sports, or at least in the top 10. So we started thinking, like, what is the sports landscape going to look like over the next five years with all of these players gone? Because I think it really is interesting. Like, for us, these players who are in – or people our age, these players who have been in our lives, I mean, they've been with us since we were kids, and they're going to be gone here shortly. And I think it's just interesting. Like, I think we've been spoiled with these great athletes And I don't know if we're ever going to get a generation of athletes kind of like the ones that we have right now. And that's sort of been my opinion on it. I'd love to hear kind of what you think about the whole thing. Yeah, I think the way sports has been able to evolve and the way um, sort of training to become like this great player in any respective sport has really changed so much to where now I think the quality of play throughout like pick a sport. I think the quality of play now is higher than 20 years ago or 35 years ago. And it's not slowing down really. Like just the average level of play, I think is going to just keep growing and growing to where you're not going to have guys dominate like a Nadal for tennis or a Serena in tennis, or even LeBron in a team sport was able to really find individual success and really dominate in his own way i mean reaching what did he get to nine straight finals i we're never gonna see that we're never gonna see that again you know and i think just because i think that's attributed to not that guys aren't as talented or aren't as skilled but the leagues as as holes are raising the level and teams are just like there's it's a more even playing field i think to where guys can't just dominate or women can't just dominate field of play and I don't think we're going to really see any era like this um, just as the same like we haven't seen Jordan's era 
or potentially the Niners in the in the 80s or the Cowboys in the 90s like yeah we got that New England team but then who knows if we're going to really have a team like that ever again to where they just dominate a decade like that with multiple championship appearances and stuff like that so we might be in it for a new like greatest in the game sort of definition to where it's not like team success and just team domination by one player but I, I just I think it's it, I'm very interested to see what the next landscape holds once some of these guys sort of move on. So which sport do you think right now is set up with or which which I guess which league do you think has the most has the most players that could be competing in their respective sport? for the like the best player in their sport so like in the nba like how many players in the league right now do you think could legitimately fight for the title of the best player in that league and then same sort of thing in like football and and baseball well let's just start with so basketball just, and football just because in this, those are the two sports we know the, the best in this in this present oh my gosh i just freaking drooled out of my mouth right there because um, the conversation is just so tasteful with knowledge salivating at this point um are you talking about like in this current time like who's the best or who has an opportunity to get into that goat conversation well no so like over the next five to ten years which league do you think is going to be the most competitive in terms of guys who was going to be like athletes who are going to be fighting for like that tom brady-esque right um right in terms of like tom like when you're talking about the NFL, it was Tom Brady's the best, and then there's everybody else. But now it feels like there's all these other guys who can mm-hmm. compete for that. You have like five or six legitimate guys who could be named the best in their sport in the NFL. And then in the NBA, like how many guys sort of have that chance to take that title? Like which league do you think is deepest in terms of that? Ooh, that's that's tough because I think the the level of quarterback play in the NFL right now I think is – by far the highest it's been in 15 years. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, just look at the AFC. <laughs> like, average quarterbacks now would be, like, pro bowlers 15 years ago or something like that. Like, Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback right now. And I think he's he's put up numbers, like, crazy good numbers. So, yeah, that in itself, I think, lends itself for me to think football. But I think what football – has is a clear and obvious person that's going to take up a mantle in Patrick Mahomes. So I think that sort of takes away a little bit of the competition for football in terms of who the best player is in that conversation. But there's guys that can easily contend in Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and some of these guys. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could take it back. There, Sure, there could be a conversation for Aaron Rodgers being the best player in the NFL. He's back-to-back MVP. Um so I guess that conversation sparks it a little bit, but I think it's a little smaller than, say, KD, Giannis, uh, Jaw entering that conversation. Joel Embiid is definitely in that conversation for the best player in the NBA. Um, Steph still has to be considered in that conversation if he picks his play back up this year. Um, so I think there's definitely those guys that can – really pick up that mantle that LeBron's going to be leaving behind here. And I think he's already left it behind 
a little bit, but I think there's definitely clearly like five guys I could see if they do some things in the next couple of years where they could be considered the best players in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, going, you go, I, you go back to the NFL and you talked about Kirk cousins being maybe sort of the line of delineation for average quarterback playing the NFL. You go like, I have his stats from the last three years and in, so literally this past season, he threw for, um, 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. He had a, a six-to-one touchdown <laughs> interception ratio. Um, and then the year before, again, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks. And then the year before, 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, and six interceptions. I mean, that's – and he is the bar for, like, average quarterback playing the NFL, it seems like, for everybody. So the fact that he would be sort of middle of the pack does sort of show you how competitive the league is in terms of quarterback play. And we're not even talking about how deep the wide receiver market is. Like Cooper Cup had probably the best season. Maybe, I mean, I don't want to say ever by any player, but in terms of wide receiver, he had the best wide receiver season in NFL history. And maybe one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. So he could very easily be in that conversation. Aaron Donald could easily be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of people who scream to the mountaintops that Trent Williams is the best player in the NFL, and he's an offensive lineman. Um, so there are so many guys in the NFL. It's crazy right now. I mean, you look at the depth just in the AFC, it's outrageous. And the NBA. I think the NBA is in an interesting spot in the sense that there are a lot of there are a lot of great players in the NBA, but I think one of the things that hurts the NBA is how much of them sit out games throughout the year. Um, I think that does hurt the product a little bit, and the fact that the season itself has kind of lost. I think it's almost like it's exciting, at least to me, it's not nearly as exciting, I guess, as it used to be. It feels devalued, whereas the NFL, um, each game feels more valuable. And I I know that doesn't really have anything to do with skill per se, but I think because the NFL, the games feel so much more valuable, you know, your stars are going to play more often. So... I guess maybe you might have a larger sample size to go off of in that sense, maybe more opportunities for guys to show that um, even though there are more games in the NBA, but again, it doesn't feel like they matter as much. Um, It's hard to say in baseball, how deep they are. I know that there are a lot of names um, that wouldn't come to mind for, for myself in baseball. Um, Well, I think um... I know Tatis is the name that uh, Fernando Tatis is somebody who gets thrown around. Um, There's another, there's another great uh, hitter whose name I cannot think of at the moment. I think, oh, I think it's Juan Soto. That's the other guy um, that I hear get thrown around a lot um, as being potentially the next two guys to come up uh, after Mike Trout. Yeah, baseball is a tough one because you can't bank on really that consistency year in and year out, I think, for, for guys um, as much as you can for, say, like basketball, where you can really – 
break down Katie's numbers and he's probably going to get that every single year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, it's, in, it's interesting. I think for me, at least, I think the, the face of the league for the NFL is just like, it's, it's gotta be a quarterback. It's just, that's the first thing you go to. I, I mean, which doesn't discredit at other positions. Cause I think like, a Derrick Henry and how good he is at running back or yeah. Jonathan Taylor at running back. Or, I mean, you talked about the wide receivers and they had outstanding years this year um, in defense. I mean, but I just think it's just, just like the MVP award kind of is a quarterback award. I think that kind of lends itself to be in the face of the league too. So that's just where I jumped when I first thought of that um, considering this question, but yeah, I um, we have to wrap up this conversation because we got more to move on to. But the the landscape of all of these professional sports are going to change drastically over the next four to five years because all of these greats, all of these legends are going to be leaving their respective sport. And it's going to open the door up for all these young um, athletes, male and female, to, to take the mantle. Um, from that previous generation's goat and maybe even the sports goat in the case of you know, all the tennis players, male and female, Tom Brady, um, LeBron James, you know, Messi and Ronaldo. Like, it feels like they're all of them, really. Um, so it's yeah, going to be I, really interesting. We talked about, uh, can we just finish up here? Because I know we, yeah. we like to talk about tennis a lot. And I think tennis is in a super interesting spot with, they can go one of two ways. And I think it's pretty simple don't really need to say that but either they are going to capitalize on the position they're in now and suck every living juice out of Nadal and Djokovic's twilights of their career to build stars like Daniel Medvedev who has the potential to be a huge star but they need someone to come in and really turn into a generational type player because I don't see one right away right now and I think the women's game oh they need Serena to play as long as possible because she brought the women's game really to the forefront almost to mainstream yeah. at least in the U.S. right yeah. I know we can't super speak to other countries but for the U.S. when it's U.S. Open time and Serena Williams is in the U.S. Open it gets covered on Sports Center. like it's the first story that pops mm-hmm. up on Sports Center, and that's huge exposure for that sport, where does that come from? I know the U.S. has a bunch of like really talented female players, but they need that one to really stand out above the rest to bring in everyone else. Really, well, so let's keep that let's keep that train of thought going into our next segment. One of the, and I, I have to admit, I, I'm stealing this segment from ESPN, but I thought it was a great idea, and I, I wanted us to talk about it here. This idea of – we got lucky that it sort of blends itself nicely into the conversation that we wanted to have because um, they are kind of similar. But with everybody who's leaving, you know, there is this sort of guessing game that we can play. And I think the only ones that you and I could probably do knowledgeably, like really knowledgeably, would be the NFL and the NBA and then a little bit of golf as well. Yeah. So we could do those three. but. The, the question would be is who's going to be the best player in each of these sports over the next, I mean, in five years, not over the next, but in five years, 
who is going to be the best player. So we can start in the NBA, if you like, um, since that is the sport that is currently being played. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of options. I mean, you have players like Trey Young, you have John Morant, you, um, I mean, Giannis is still really young. And you think about how long LeBron James has played and how just his level of play has been so high for so long. There's no reason why Giannis couldn't do that. Um, maybe even a player like LaMelo Ball, you never know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It. Um, I don't want to say Zion because who knows if he's ever going to come back. The whole thing with him is just – it's such a mess at the moment. Um, it's there. The Fox. opportunity is there for him. <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean, who who comes to mind right now? What What is kind of your thing? Luca, I think, would probably actually be the one that people would go to right now. Jason Tatum? Yeah. Um, I don't – I think there's two for me and it's two different like cuts, two different sides of thinking for me. Like one is Giannis cements himself as the best player in the NBA. And he just continues that into his age 32 year, which isn't super old. And he's in great physical condition. I mean, knock on wood, he's hopefully not going to have any major injuries. And I think he continues that stellar play for five more years or you think of the start that John Morant has had in his two seasons to where he can grow. I mean, he's legit in a t- in top five in the MVP conversation right now. Oh yeah. In his age 22 season, if he can continue to grow and really take the league by storm and let guys like Embiid and uh, Giannis just age out a little bit from that conversation, I could see him taking up that reins because he, for sure has the talent and the mentality to do so. It's just a matter of if he gets that team accolades and if he stays healthy with that frame and his game, really. He kind of reminds me of, at least aspects of his game, kind of remind me of what Derrick Rose was when he was really young. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the creative finishing, the aggressive nature. He kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder a little bit. He's so explosive. He, Yeah, he kind of reminds me of of a young For sure, for sure. I think that was the big comparison coming out it was either him or like almost like a Russell Westbrook in a way just a yeah. way lighter frame than I think than Russ was coming out yeah, um, Russ and was with like, not was like a mini like tank not like overweight but the dude was machine yeah and with that and because of his lighter frame I think he is he does a really good job of avoiding a lot of contact yeah um but there still is when you're playing that high you're landing like when you're up that high you got to come down that hard it's just <laughs> It's just basic science. I mean, and that takes a toll on a dude's joints. I really hope that he either – and he's a, he's a way better, I think, shooter than Russ was in his career and D. Rose was early in his career. So I think that really lends himself and he's a better passer than both of those guys were early in their careers. So he's got different avenues to have success. It's just how his play style is predicated right now hopefully won't lead to a lot of injuries in his career. So I'm on I'm on a website right now called Hoops Hype. Um, I just found a I just found a list of shout it's out. the it's there yeah shout out to Hoops Hype. <laughs> um, they compiled a list of the um, 
best under 25 players in the league right now. So I'll read you the top 10 starting from 10 going all the way up to one. So 10, they yeah. have DeAndre Ayton. Phoenix is 23 years old. The next one they have is Jarrett Allen, 23 years old. I didn't know he was 23 years old. That that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo at eight. He's 24. I thought he was older than that. Uh, at seven, they have uh, Shai Gilders-Alexander, Oklahoma City. He's 23. Number six, they have LaMelo Ball, who's only 20, which is outrageous. So makes us at, feel, it makes me feel old. I know, right? It's only 20. Um, so in their top five, they have Zion at five. And they mentioned here, this is more based off of uh, kind of what happened, you know, the previous season kind of reputation. Um, number four, they have Jason Tatum, 23. Oh, Zion's 21, by the way. Tatum's 23. He's um, at four. At three, they have John Morant, who's 22. Two, they have Trey Young, who's 23. And then they have Luca at one, 22. Like, I would already say John Morant's better than Trey Young at this point. I'm in that boat, too. I, As a matter of fact, if – and it's kind of a cop-out answer because as I was listening to ESPN, one of, uh, one of the guys did mention John Morant as being who their guess was for who's going to be the best player in the league. But honestly, I – I 100% agree. I think just, and you know, part of the reason why I think that is, I think there has, I think there's some value in sort of the, because I think LeBron has also maintained not only being the best player, but also the most popular player. And I think Mm -hmm. those, I think those kind of tie into each other. I think if you're the best player, then you're probably going to end up being the most popular player. And if you are the most popular, you'll probably get elevated a little bit more, even if you're not the best player. So I think they tie in a little bit. And I think with the style that Job plays and just the excitingness of his play style, the going up and doing those two-handed blocks, like 13 feet above the, just off the deck and the dunks. And he's gotten better as a three-point shooter. I've actually got it right here. Um, He's uh, shooting 38% right now, which is the best of his career. Um, I think because of the way he plays, but also just because I think he's going to really generate a lot of media excitement and fan excitement. I think that's who I would gravitate towards as who's probably going to be the best player in the league, but also maybe the face of the league, somebody that you could really market. I mean, it feels like every day I see John Morant catching a one-handed alley-oop and just throwing it down on somebody i mean he's he's a machine and i think because he can because he's become a better three-point shooter but he's also so good at finishing i think being that good all around inevitably makes you i mean puts you in a really good position to be the best because you don't just have one aspect of your of your game that you have to rely on right um i I, but going off of that i also think that strengthens Giannis's claim to have yeah, enough potential yeah. to be there because let's be honest i mean even if you believe lebron was the best player i think most people would have said he was the best player in the planet a couple years after that was probably true just purely off of respect and reputation and what he was able to do uh, with team success 
maybe even that last Laker run or last Laker run. I mean, the what, the time they won the championship in LA, he might not have been the best player skill wise, stats wise yeah. in the planet, but he's LeBron James and he's having success. And that just lends itself to people saying, yeah, he, I mean, he, he's still the best. He's still the best. I can't, I can't, it almost makes it so I can't choose anyone over him because of what I've seen. So I think if we get five more years of what Giannis is, has been doing last year and now continuing this year, I think it's just going to be hard for people to be sit there and be like, yeah, Jaws, Jaws been great. But I've seen Giannis put together seven seasons now in a row, eight seasons now in a row of MVP level with, hey, maybe three championships sprinkled in there of where it's like he might not be talent-wise the best player in the planet, but you you got to – it's almost like a respect thing where you got to give that to him because he hasn't lost it sort of thing. Yeah, I had – I had a train of thought that I wanted to go off of and I, I just lost it. Um, hopefully it'll come back to me, but yeah, I, it's funny because, you know, they have this list of under, of under 25 and, you know, they have Luca as number one and both of us and the crew that I was listening to on ESPN, none of them said Luca and we didn't say Luca either. Um, it's this year, man. It's because of this year. Yeah, I, I know this year is his is stock definitely has not plummeted. Been. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's interesting because um, where let me pull up the. I mean Dallas is fifth right now in the West. Yeah, I mean it might not be his best season, but I mean again he's twenty. I mean where's the? He's in his early twenties. Um, I think he was twenty-two. Right? Yeah, twenty-two or twenty-three. Um, and he's got his team at, in the fifth spot in the Western Conference right now. It's, I mean, they're definitely no. I mean, Dallas isn't an easy out by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. He's so creative with his offensive game. I feel like defense. If you, if you, oh, that's the point that I was going to make. I'll make it in a second. But do you feel like his deep, his lack of defensive talent or defensive effort is going to maybe turn people away from? calling him the best player? No, because I don't think that's where the NBA is right now. I don't think defense really determines a whole lot. Um, I think it's how good of an offensive player. I mean, we saw James Harden win an MVP. Yeah. If that doesn't let you know, like, what has happened. Like, offense is the thing that drives the needle in fans' eyes and probably media's eyes. Players, they, they understand great defense, and they may look down on that, but um, the thing for me is the fact that he came in out of shape and really there's just been so much drama, I think, with that team and in the yeah. locker room. That's really him at the center of it that really just if you're like going to be a championship contender, you can't be coming in not ready for the season and really letting yeah. that just totally destroy what's going on in your team. I mean, hey, Props to them for being fifth in the West because I think the West is a little down this year. But still, the fact that they're right now making the playoffs and looking like a top team in the West, I mean, that's huge. And he's his skills there. It was there even when he was out of shape. I mean, it's just 
little things it's like you're supposed to be getting better and better and focusing on winning a championship not coming in and maybe just thinking about personal accolades type of thing um and i so i remember what i was going to say i i do think you're right with the whole lebron thing and you know people just sort of giving it out of respect i think over the past couple of years i think there have been depending on the season there have been changes in the best players in the world I think there was a good stretch where it was Durant. I think there was a good stretch where it was Steph. I think Kawhi popped up in there once or twice, yeah. uh, maybe once with the Spurs, and then maybe when he was with Toronto. Um, Giannis. Just, just with Toronto. Oh, oh okay. Well. Not with San Antonio. I don't know about that, <laughs> uh, but that's my bias. Um, Giannis. Um, so – yeah, no, I agree with you in the sense that I definitely think that there were seasons where other players took that mantle for a season as the best as the best players in the world at that point. I guess it's nice though for the NBA. I know we were talking about, you know, everybody who's retiring to the NBA. I mean, that under 25 list, those top 10, those are 10 outstanding NBA players. And I didn't even go down the rest of that list. Um, so I mean the NBA well, really is in a good spot. I mean, it's it's not that Jason Tatum's only twenty three, yeah, or, because he feels like it feels like he's been in the league forever. That's true. That is true. He, and yeah. I was I listened to the uh, the JJ Reddick podcast that he went on, and it almost seems like he is completely overlooked as one of those guys that you would that should be in like the upper echelon of NBA talent. Like he just got leapfrogged by classes under him. It's Great, because he's only seen success ex- apart from that last year, last year in Boston. That team has just been s- seen so much success. Yeah. Well, whoever it ends up being in the NBA, um, and I know we spent all of that conversation pretty much talking about the NBA. We didn't even get to the NFL um, or golf, but I think – I think that that's appropriate in the sense that I think that was a good spirited conversation. And I definitely think that um, with the NBA being so, I mean, we said we were going to make the NBA a big part of our show going forward and that just, that felt right. So um, maybe it was a good thing. We didn't get to football. Football's kind of behind us right now. So yeah, um, it's Patrick Mahomes anyway. So I, well, yeah, at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, over the next couple of years though, I'm going to say it's, going to be josh allen in five years people are going to be saying is the best yeah, hot take Super Bowl. it's going to be allen or herbert <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a hot take that's the coldest take ever <laughs> um probably but um all right so let's shift focus a little bit to a different sport we've talked a lot about the nba let's talk a little bit about baseball now granted i'm coming into this as somebody who doesn't watch a whole lot of baseball However, I have been kind of keeping my ear to the ground with what's going on with the lockout because it is important that we know what's going on. I know baseball is something that you pay attention to a little bit more than me. Um, I mean, as of right now, for those of you that don't know, I mean, they're getting close to a deadline that they set for themselves to be done with all of these negotiations. And from what I've heard, they're nowhere near even any sort of resolution between the owners and the players. Mm -hmm. And there's a very real possibility that games are going to be missed 
this year. So it's it's tonight, right? So we're we're filming this Monday, isn't it? Tonight is the deadline. It might. It very well may be. I I knew it was this week, but I wasn't hundred percent sure which day it was. They have to get it done before March. Okay, well then, yes, that would be that would be today. <laughs> that that would be the twenty eighth. <laughs> that, that would be today. So, as as a fan of as a fan of baseball, which um, I know you are, um, and I told you I was going to pay attention um, for this show uh, with this upcoming season a little bit more to baseball, so we could have some baseball conversations um, on this show. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings about the idea? of, that baseball is most likely going to miss games this season. Do you think that um, what they're talking about and what they're discussing is worth missing games? Um, yeah, I think I think if if we get to where the players get a huge win in this deal, I think it's it's totally worth it because we're a couple. Um, negotiations removed these last couple of years of it seeming like the players are just getting hosed in these deals. And if it seems like now the players finally get a shred of almost a win in negotiations book, I think then it's all worth it. Um, as a sport, that's just from a player's perspective, I think. As a sport, this might be the worst thing for them because it just seems like they're losing more and more interest and more and more ground to the NFL offseason is now more interesting with all this quarterback talk and the NBA is going to just totally dominate this period of the spring leading into the summer and if baseball is nowhere to be found who knows maybe golf continues to gain in popularity and their season gets a big old uptick and soccer is just coming around the corner in the states and they might take a little bit of that viewership share away from the majors i mean this may be a case of major league baseball becoming out of sight out of mind in some people's eyes yeah so as a very very casual viewer of the mlb i'm sitting on the outside kind of looking in going what issue is big enough to to miss games over and i can't i can't think of anything that would be there's nothing to me whatever whatever you end up gaining from these negotiations owner or player wise nothing to me seems more important than actually playing the season and i maybe that's just coming from somebody who one isn't an owner and isn't treating it like a business, which yeah. the owners have every right to do. I want to make that perfectly clear. They, I mean, they have every right to treat their team as a business. And then that's also coming from somebody who's not a player who, you know, players, maybe some players don't look at it as a game and they look it, look at it more as their job, which it is their job, but it also happens to be a game. So I don't really have the best perspective in terms of being an owner or a player in that sense. But as somebody who did play sports for a very, very long time, I don't know. To me, no issue really seems big enough to me. I can't think of a scenario in which it seems beneficial to just miss the games. Um, And I feel like that's so detrimental to baseball because you're right. I think 
the longer that baseball is out of sight, out of mind for people, the that that can't be good at all for baseball for a sport who already is nowhere near as popular anymore as the NBA and the MLB. They need to have they need to have exciting product being played on the field in order to stay competitive with the NBA and the NFL and to not have any product, I feel like is a huge, huge disaster for the MLB. Right. And I think every every fan that's not nose deep in conversations just looks at this as, oh, millionaires are arguing with billionaires. And it's really, you can't like, you can't relate to that as just everyday people. It's like, what are we doing here? Why don't, why don't they play? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, we're talking about millions of dollars of difference here. But who is that helping? It's helping the players or it's helping the league. It doesn't go directly to the fans. It doesn't go to people within these communities. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's tough. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation. You can't be sitting there as a fan as like, oh, I'm really pulling for the players here. But it's like you're not really supporting the game without games being played. Your viewership is then going elsewhere, and they're losing that, and that's just and from, natural. Yeah, and I think from what from what I've heard, it seems that a lot of the stalls right now are because of the owners in that sense. I mean, the players aren't getting paid right now because yeah. um, they're not going to work. Um, so obviously, the players are going to start to feel that. Uh, the longer this goes. So the sense that everybody who I've been listening to um, that they're getting is that the stall, the big stall right now is because of the owners. And I know some people are like up in arms about the owners and, you know, there's kind of stubborn stance on this, but I, I, I kind of agree with the idea that, you know, it is a business and they can treat it like a business. It's in every right for them too. I mean, they do have, millions and billions of dollars at stake but at the end of the day again it doesn't help them either if their teams aren't out there so you're right it is a lose-lose situation and the fact that they don't seem willing to come to an agreement at this point is is unbelievable to me i don't i don't really understand the thought process behind it but then again i'm not a quadrillionaire so (laughs) I know, right? It just seems like this is the um, result of countless negotiations and collective bargaining agreements that have gone so one-sided in the owner's favor that now the players are trying to really make up all that ground in this one negotiation. It's really what I'm what I'm seeing, which it just might not be realistic and it might not be feasible because the owners don't need to budge. I mean, they are, they were like wholeheartedly, we almost missed the entire season because of COVID. We got that 60 game season, remember? And that was a huge debacle. But if they were willing to do that, then what makes, what makes us any different that they're not going to do that again to where we might get to 60 games or we might not have a season. Right. Right. Well, I mean, whatever, do you have any final thoughts on this? Well, I think it's just I think it's just sad. Like if 
with how short of attention span our society has right now, if baseball is out for an entire, like we don't see any play for an entire year. We're not talking about like, I think it was 1994 is the last time this happened. We're a completely different society now. Yeah. Where next year when games do happen, it's like, oh yeah, I guess it is the start of baseball season. Oh, I guess games are on. Oh, I guess, I guess the I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize that their sport, like you're not tuned in to the sport like that. This isn't, they don't have the um, leverage that football has or basketball has right now. Like they need to capitalize on every bit of attention that that sport can get. And if they just skip out on an entire calendar year with our society, that could seem like five years almost in attention yeah. span. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if this year there's no October baseball? I mean, I will hate it because I think I was more tuned into baseball last year with how good the Giants were yeah, um, than I have been in like five years probably. And I was, I'm excited for this season to see how well the Giants can play again. And um, they're, they're almost switched to being like a younger team now and just that transition. But if we don't get it, then it's like, man, you just kind of lost me. Like who knows as me as a fan, you have no idea if you're baseball in the league, you can't guarantee that I'm going to start watching once you make games. Like if, the NFL yeah. could guarantee that, NBA could guarantee that, but baseball, I, there's no guarantee that me as a fan, I'm going to start watching games again if you skip out for a year. Right, right. And I think it's especially difficult for like people like, I guess, casual fans like me who don't, who haven't really, I mean, if somebody were to hold a gun to my head and say, what's your favorite team? I would, I just would pick the giants. Cause I, I know um, I've known quite a few players on that team. Like at least in terms of names, I've watched more of their games than any other team. So, and that was the team that I was going to decide to this upcoming season, watch and follow because I don't know. That's just the, I know Bree used to uh, like the giants and you like the giants. Ben likes the giants. And it's like, okay, so I'll watch the giants. Um, and I was excited to, to watch that and watch them. And I think for people who don't have a team and who are just watching just because there is sports, you know, if you, if you do miss a season and the time when they were going to watch it fades, then next year, you're right. There is no guarantee that whatever incentive that they had to watch it is still going to be there. Um, they'll find something else to do from june to whenever the season typically ends i don't know the timeline off the top of my head um right and then once that comes around next year they may be doing that still and it's crazy to me that with now um it seems like our country is sort of moving out of the pandemic a little bit um i I i'm just saying that i i think it's just the west coast states have agreed they're going to drop the mask mandate um why, if you're baseball and you rely so heavily on in-person, like, fans coming in and audiences and selling out stadiums and stuff, yeah, would you then – this is your first opportunity in two years to potentially have full capacity crowds full house, yeah. at baseball, which would be so – from a revenue standpoint, from affecting the bottom line, 
this would be the best thing for baseball, would you then miss the opportunity and derail it another season mm-hmm. to where you really need to make up ground after the COVID, the couple COVID seasons. So, I mean, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't make sense that it just, it just doesn't seem like there's any urgency really to get it done. No, which is the, which is the sad part because at the end of the day, the one thing, um, the one group that hurts the most in all of this is the fans not having, especially the hardcore fans of baseball to not have their sport come back. Um, I like, I can't, I can't imagine. I like as a bat, as a football fan. And I would say that basketball was my favorite sport to play, but football is my favorite sport to watch because the Raiders are my favorite team. If there wasn't a season, I mean, the gap between the start of football season in February, mm-hmm. that'd be miserable. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> I mean, not having football every Sunday throughout that is, would just be mind numbing. I mean, we had it a little bit with um, COVID postponing the basketball season, but once basketball yeah. picked up again, it was like, oh, yeah, I need to watch this. Like, mm-hmm. I have to watch this right now. And I don't think it's the same for baseball, really. Um, I, I mean, I could, I bet NFL, if college football one year were to end, were to cancel their season, if I saw it on TV, I'd be like, oh, I'm watching that. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, whatever ends up happening with baseball, I mean, hopefully you just fingers crossed that they do reach some sort of agreement and we do get some baseball games because it would be nice to have baseball around. Um, but I don't know. As of right now, it's looking pretty bleak. So, yeah. Um, all right, so the last segment that we have slated for this fantastic episode, I feel like this has been going really well. It's been really good. Uh, where I'm going to pat um, Sam and myself on the back. I've enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, it's actually – I know that the football season is like when we're super locked into a sport, um, and I know you and I are sort of getting re-locked into the NBA a little bit. Um, it's kind of refreshing to talk about something other than football, truthfully, for doing it for – you know, 20, 22 weeks straight. So, and you guys, you guys that are listening are very lucky that we do not cover the Kings every single week <laughs> because true. I sat down and watched the game against the Nuggets. I think it was the second game out of the All-Star break. This team is just so hard to watch. And I, I can't say that. And I know, oh, you're a Kings fan. Like you should know that the Kings are hard to watch. It just seems like this year with, knowing that this team should be so much better than they are. And then they just play so poorly against like Denver's bench unit. I was texting Jason. I was like, this is one of the hardest games I've had to watch (laughs) as a Kings fan. And that is saying something. It is just so tough. I was, I got, I was at drill this weekend and I got that text. I didn't even realize they were playing and it was like, I'm not even watching the game, and I'm not even surprised that you're telling me. <laughs> so, so um, Sabonis is a beast. Absolute machine. I will absolute say. machine. Um, all right. So the last segment that we have slated, we said we were going to do a little more entertainment once the NFL season uh, came to a close because we were going to have a little bit more open uh, time. So we figured one of the first things that we would do was sort of preview kind of the rest of what the year is going to look like in terms of movies, kind of the movies that we're the most uh, excited for. Actually, next week, I 
think Sam is going to try to get to Batman this week, um, if I remember correctly. But it is a three-hour movie, so you do have to block out like your entire week. For yeah, it. it's a little, it's a little tough. I have family coming in town, and it's my, uh, it's my birthday weekend, so mm-hmm. there's a little uh, restrictions on my time. Um, I luckily I don't think I work a lot, so maybe I could try to fit it in. But Jason was telling me with uh, with previews added and maybe you want to get there a little early too, you might be sitting at the theater for three hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you show up. It's hard to block out. Show up a little bit early just to make sure that, I mean, you can reserve your seats now, so you shouldn't have any problem getting your seat, but I don't know, maybe, I, I know it's happened before, double, double fill. So you get there just to get your seat, maybe get your popcorn and stuff and, and you sit down, you have 20, 25 minutes of, of trailers, and then you have to go through some more credits, and then, then they finally get to the movie, and yeah, it, by the time you walk it, yeah, it's probably like a four-hour endeavor. It's, it's, a, it's a long time to dedicate, and he's in a bit of an interesting situation. I know you mentioned your, your birthday weekend and stuff, but it's also Jenna's birthday weekend, too, so it's it's double, so um, so yeah, I get that. I will end up seeing it. It is Monday, right now i'm actually going to a concert tomorrow night um in sacramento and then on wednesday night i will be seeing it um i got some early tickets so at least i'll i will for sure have a review next week and fingers crossed that sam does as well if he can get there um so in terms of the month of march um, i'm on rotten tomatoes and they have an article out that says the 45 most anticipated movies of uh, 2022 and so if we're just talking about the month of March, the big ones that they have coming out um, are first the Batman movie. Then the next one, they have the Adam Project, which is Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jennifer right. Gardner, Mark Ruffalo, um, Zoe Saldana. Um, that's coming out on Netflix. Um, I don't know a ton about that movie. I've seen that preview. Um, it looks pretty, I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds and it's got a really good cast. So, it, I mean, it should be fun. It seems like he's playing the same character that um, he's played in Deadpool, Free Guy, Red Notice. Yeah. Pretty much copy and paste that that Ryan Reynolds character. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the last ones that they have on that month is The Lost City. Uh, and that's that comedy with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, so I went and saw The um, Death on the Nile. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, week and a half ago or something like that you like it yeah i thought it was pretty good i hadn't read the books though so i didn't have any vested interest and i didn't even see death on a train or something like that oh death on the orient on the orient express yeah yeah that yeah so i didn't see that um but i knew that had an outstanding cast in that first film and then this one had a great cast too so that's that was my interest in it and um but the preview for that Sandra Bullock film came on with that shit. And it looks, I'd go see that. You know, you and I actually watched The Lost City of Z together. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's the only movie I've fallen asleep in, in the movie theater. Oh, man, I remember, I remember us both walking out of that movie. I liked it more than you did, but we both walked out of that movie and were like, that was, because it was getting great reviews, like really good mm-hmm. reviews. And we both walked out of the movie and went, okay. <laughs> uh, so when I, when I saw that title, The Lost City, I was like, is this like a prequel? Are we going to learn why it's of Z? Or like, I don't know. But it was totally different. <laughs> so yeah. um, April's, got, April's got a good slate of movies. So Morbius, 
finally, is coming out in April after a host of delays. Uh, Sonic 2 is coming out. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are really excited about that movie. I might even go see that movie. Um, I don't have a ton of connection with Sonic, but I, I mean, it looks entertaining. Um, Ambulance, that's the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, um, Michael Bay team up. That looks really good. Um, I'm really interested. Yeah, I'm really interested. And uh, you know, um, I cannot pronounce his name. I would give you ten dollars if you try to pronounce his name. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was the uh, he was the bad guy in uh, Aquaman, the guy who played uh, Black Manta. Um, mm. I'll uh, I'll send you a picture What's of his the, name. Uh, is he's in this? Yes, he it's it's Jake Gyllenhaal and him, and I don't want to pronounce his name and uh, or mispronounce his name and just completely butcher it. I sent you a text of what his name is. Um, I can get the latter half of it, but not not the first part, and I don't want to. I don't want to completely butcher it. Oh, he plays. Um, uh, you said Mantis. Yes. Red Mantis, Black Mantis. Black Manta. Black Manta. Um, Abdul Mateen. Yeah, second? but what, the first part of his name, I don't. I nah, there's no way. Y a h y a. I've never seen that before in my life. So, but he but, was in um, he was in the Candy Candyman Man movie mm-hmm, that came out. Yeah. So that looks that looks fun. Um, the uh, the bad guys, which is an animated movie that's coming out. Uh, that looks fun. That's got Sam Rockwell in it. Um, that looks like it's going to be fun. It, I wasn't sure about it, but I've seen the trailer twice now. And it's the second time I watched the trailer, I got more interested in it. And then the big movie that I'm actually excited about that movie is The the Northman. And that's the uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, William Dafoe movie. Um, where... Um, I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even want to like spoil anything. I would say if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer for The Northman. Um, that is my big movie that I want to see in April. We roll around to May and we get, we get Doctor Strange. Doctor yeah. Strange comes out in May, so that's going to be a big one. Um, if you're interested in more animated movies, DC League of Super Pets comes out in May as well. <laughs> um, so there's another <laughs> there's another superhero movie for you. Um, the Bob's Burger movie. Brie, was this a show? Yeah. So Brie, um, Brie, you didn't, apparently you've never heard of Bob's Burgers. No, so I have, but I have like no connection to, it, and I don't know if it was like an actual like kind of. Show, so it's, like, an, it's an adult comedy. It's like The Simpsons yeah. and um, uh, like not like Archer, but like kind of like Family Guy. And yeah. I think most closest to The Simpsons, I'd say it's catered towards like adult to teen, and it's it was very popular though. Yeah, Brie, I Brie when she saw that trailer, she she got excited for it. And then the other, the last one coming out is Top Gun Maverick. Fine. that's a finally too we're, it seems yeah. like we're getting so many movies that we saw during the pandemic like trailers and mm-hmm. sneak peeks during the pandemic and now we're finally getting to see the, them come to fruition it's just I, 
finally Top Gun. I, right. I think I just saw a trailer and it was just like another teaser trailer again. Well, another finally one for me is what's coming out in June, uh, after that on June 10th, and that's Jurassic World Dominion, uh, mm-hmm. the final the final movie in that series. We're also getting Lightyear that mm-hmm. month as well, that's which looks like it's going to be amazing. Chris so Evans, June's got you, can't, two... you can't not like Chris Evans films. I know. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. July, we've got Minions, The Rise of Gru. You like Despicable Me. I love Despicable Me, so I might end up seeing that. Thor Love and Thunder comes out in July. Which movie are you more excited to see, Doctor Strange or Thor Love and Thunder? I know you love Ragnarok. Yeah, I think I I think I want to see Thor more. Interesting. Um because it's it's with the Guardians, right? I believe so, yeah. Um and then Christian Bale's the bad guy in that movie. Like I think Doctor Strange, in terms of the MCU, that Doctor Strange 2 is going to be way more important, but I feel like I'm going to enjoy the Thor movie more, just because I like Chris Hemsworth. And is it Taika again? Yeah. Yeah, I think think they're going to kill it. I think I'd have to side with Doctor Strange more because of the I have no earthly idea what's going to happen in that movie. And there's something about that that's kind of exciting. Um, So that's coming out in July as well. You have Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, coming out as well. Is it another, like, like horror-ish? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's coming out in July. And then you also have Black Adam coming out in July. That's another finally movie. Um, Finally. How long has The Rock been linked with that? movie years (laughs) (laughs) since like what 2015 Mm -hmm. oh crap (laughs) that the picture that i sent um of the guy's name i actually sent to bring it she was like what is this (laughs) oh oopsie Oopsie. my my bad i should just say try to pronounce that guy's name (laughs) Uh, so yeah, Black Adam comes out in uh, July. Uh, doesn't uh, well, they don't have anything coming out in September. All right, so we move to October. Then, then you got Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part One. Obviously, I mean, I feel like that's going to be a highly anticipated movie for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You also have Halloween Ends coming out that movie as well i'm not really too keen on that series i saw halloween in theaters which was kind of a cool watch but that's the only one of those movies that i've seen um november you have the flash that's again another finally movie (laughs) um with michael keaton coming back ben affleck coming back that'll be a lot of fun black panther wakanda forever oh shoot i wish you would Oh, I need I need to talk to you about the end of Peacemaker, but you still haven't seen it. I know what happens at the end. That got spoiled for me just randomly. So there were there were leaks that popped up without the hey, by the way, there's spoilers for Peacemaker, oh, and I I'm just sorry. stumbled across it. So I yeah. didn't I didn't see it when I well I didn't see a spoiler for it when I first watched it. So I was like, the fudge. Yeah, no. So I I. I like when stuff like that comes out, I purposely avoid 
any outlet that would, you know, spoil that show for me. And I just would random, I just randomly came across it with, with there was no context for what it was. And there was, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So there's Aquaman, Flash, and Superman. And like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> spoilers <laughs> for anybody who has yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's, we're a couple weeks removed from the family, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I thought that was uh, so cool to see, um, to see Jason Momoa and um, Ezra Miller back. As Wasn't Superman like blacked out? Yeah, so they had Wonder Woman and Superman in the shot, and you could only see the back of both of them, and they never panned to their faces. Yeah, probably. Because I don't know how you would get Gal Gadot to be on a Peacemaker, and they don't even have a Superman right now. Yeah, which is so stupid. Even Um, though I wish Henry Cavill was still... He, he was the best Superman ever. And then in December, you have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Avatar 2 is like that December is... 6th. That's the ultimate. What's a bigger, finally, Black Adam or Avatar 2? Uh, I have no idea. Or Top um, Gun 2. I'd have to say Avatar because or... Avatar came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. And the, I know that they've been setting up like four other movies and it it was a massive undertaking to set all of that up and they're probably almost done with the last one but good <laughs> lord like it's people i know people haven't forgotten about it but it's like oh you know what watching avatar 2 is like, when it's finally back on it's gonna be like when baseball finally comes back i was, I was just thinking that <laughs> bro if they came out with avatar 2 two years after the first one they would be on like the Marvel track of where they're just breaking their own record. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, everyone saw the first one because it was the, it was the biggest um, box office ever for a long time. So they got plenty of fans. It's just, are people going to remember the story? Uh... <laughs> so they have another, they have another list of movies with like un, unscheduled dates um a couple big ones would be if you liked the first hocus pocus there's a new hocus pocus coming out um deep water which is a ben affleck uh anna de armas movie um cheaper by the dozen that's interesting i hadn't heard of that they're remaking that i guess so um that was my childhood dude i loved watching the first i think it's gonna be a new gabrielle union and zach braff um as who they're saying it's starring, so Gabriel who knows? Union? Oh, okay. Um, That's Manola Holmes two. Um, yeah, the Gray that's... Man. The Gray, the Gray Man has Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna Dermaz, um, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, says it's based on a 2009 novel of the same name. This action thriller stars Ryan Gosling as a CIA mercenary who's forced on the run uh, when he discovers some unsavory things about his agency uh, and a rival agent played by Chris Evans. Uh, It's directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. So there you go. Those are your Infinity War and uh, Endgame directors. Knives Out 2 is coming out. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Isn't it? It's like a different case, right? It like doesn't build off of the... Yeah, different different cast. Yeah. Um, and then you have a Pinocchio movie, which is directed by Guillermo del Toro with Ewan McGregor, 
um, Christopher Waltz, Kate Blanchett. When are we going to get uh, Obi-Wan? That's coming out this year. That's a freaking finally for me. Well, I, well, finally for me in the sense that he's my favorite character, but I don't know. I That one, when it got announced, it was still way early in development. Yeah, they announced it before they... I think it started like, yeah. But they, they probably they filmed the trailer and then <laughs> that was... That was it. Ewan McGregor is like one of my favorite actors, like ever, and that's because I loved Obi Wan Kenobi. And if you've seen Doctor Sleep, he was awesome in Doctor Sleep. So having him come back, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't been in anything lately. I mean, he was in that um, Birds of Prey movie, right? But and he was a bad guy. He was great, and it was like there he is. There's there's Ewan, and it's funny because you know we. You, we say that, and then he's got his own TV show coming out, and then he's going to be in that Pinocchio movie too. So, two well, he's in um, he's in the ad that's running right now. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's like the you never regret the things that you did buy or something like that. I don't, right. I can't remember, but he pops up, and I'm like, oh my god, it's you! And I love yeah. you. Be yeah. in more stuff. Believe be in more stuff. Yeah. You know who that? Um, you know who also is that for me? Sam Worthington. I know he's been tied down with all the Avatar stuff, but Sam Worthington is one of those guys for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Big big time. I mean, he's he should have been in more stuff with the start to his career was like Avatar and Wrath, the Clash of the Titans and stuff. Yeah. And then it was just like gone. He didn't do anything. So the Kings are losing to the Thunder right now in the second quarter. And the Thunder, I think, are actively trying to lose. Sorry, don't I? Open the door. Um, yeah. I mean, does that really surprise you? Yeah, kind of. I thought they would be better. <laughs> they got to play better, so then Sabonis will re-sign with the Kings. That's true. So then they didn't trade Tyrese for nothing. That would be the ultimate like king's thing to happen yeah what and i have to stop i'd have to stop uh watching the kings at that point but yeah yeah all right um so we have this we had this conversation a little bit we can finish i think because i think it is interesting and i'd love to hear everyone else if you could only get one streaming service Hmm. what would it be what is the best bang for your buck in terms of if there's any Peacock fans, Paramount Plus. You know, Peacock ooh, ain't that bad. <laughs> I, it's um, just, I think it's just underdeveloped. Or if you're a Netflix stand through and through, HBO, um, Disney, I don't think there's Amazon Prime movie and everything. And I find myself using HBO and Netflix the most. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably have to side with those. And I think next on that would either be Amazon or Disney. Disney's got a lot. I mean, to have the whole Marvel lineup is plus all of the you know Disney animated movies. That's Star Wars. enough for a lot of people. Yeah, and Star Wars. Yeah, and they got National Discovery, like the National Discovery stuff. Have you seen the Gordon Ramsay show on there? Mm-mm. 
and it's like Gordon Ramsay, like Uncharted or something like that. He goes to um, he goes to all different corners of the world, and he meets with a super like well-renowned chef in that country. Mm-hmm. And then what he does is they tell him, "Yeah, go. You have a week to learn this country and this region's um, style of eating." And then come back and they do a cook-off. That's um, cool. So he he will go around and, you know, in the area, uh, how they get their local fish. He'll go out with local fishermen and, like, spearfish in the water to get the fish. And then if there are fruit that can only be found at, like, 10,000-plus elevation, he'll go on a mountain climb to go up and go get those ingredients and live that culture for a week and then come back and do a cook-off for all the people that helped him over the past couple of weeks and they decide who cooks the best meal. It's awesome. And it's not Gordon Ramsay being the typical, like him on TV. It's like actually being his himself and like his non TV personality. Yeah. Um, it's just, so cool. Yeah. It is so he's, cool. He's like super, I don't know, pleasant and like almost like approachable. I think when he's not playing that, like just yelling character that he yeah. has where he's, yeah, he's you, super knowledgeable about everything yeah i totally i, I recommend that show um highly that, that that is really really cool and it's really eye-opening with other places in the world how they get their their food it's it's super super cool yeah no i, I think disney i think every service i think has something to offer yeah. Really, and that's why a bunch of us, I don't know about you, but I have five five plus subscriptions. Yeah, we've uh, we've I think we have HBO, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, and we get Peacock free with um our internet provider. Um right. Which was a nice peak perk. I didn't even know that when we got it. And then it was like, oh cool. <laughs> oh hey, friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the office. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think, uh, no, 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 not the office. Parks and Rec. Let's not, let's not say that the office is better than Parks and Rec. Or we should do. We should do a uh, a sitcom like tier list. I think I would love to. I just I, I so we can, and I'd be all for it. I'd have to leave out ones that I haven't seen. That I have, I you know, same for you. I mean, I haven't seen How I Met Your Mother. Um, which is one that I would like to get to, but I just never got well, around to watch. I've never got around a, to watching it. You got a week. I got a week. Yo, it took me a month to get through The Witcher. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that was just one season. That was just one season. Which you and I never really talked about. Did you like the first or second season more? Ooh. Spoilers if you have not seen it, by the way. It's been out for two months now. I know, but still. <laughs> um, I So I've watched the first season, I think, three times all the way through. And I've only watched the second one once. Um, I don't know, because I think the best moment out of the whole series is the first episode. 100% agree. So that would make me lean towards the first season but i feel like the second season has more things going on great in it but it doesn't have that highest of highs they try to match it with the um when they're in that like 
spa place almost. Yeah, yeah. It, I told my dad after I finished, I was like, it took him six episodes to like have Geralt actually fight somebody. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is I, take away the sword, I guess, from Geralt, and you just start I, I whooping guess. some ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I feel like was their attempt because I feel like they heard the criticism of wow you guys kind of let us down after the first season after the first episode of last season they're like okay let's try to try to really make it i think they focus more more on the monsters almost this time around and we're really creative with those um but even the opening episode was i actually liked the opening episode with that like what i bore the bore dude yeah yeah, which by the way uh, was is. Game of Thrones guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's, so that uh, was what's his name? I don't know, the orange haired Viking kind of guy. Well, he's a um, he's a wildling. Um, he was one of my favorite friend. characters in the show. I don't remember his name, but I re- so I recognized the voice, and I was like, "Where have I?" I couldn't remember if I had seen him in. The Last Kingdom, because there's a character similar to him in that show as well, or yeah. Game of, or Game of Thrones. And when I looked up his face, I was like, "Oh, that's that's awesome that it ends up being him." And um, but I texted my mom and my dad after that episode. I was like, "That freaking creature was that like bad creature thing was freaky as fudge." <laughs> <laughs> so the, I almost slipped the right bat, there. The bat thing. Yeah, she was yeah. she was nuts. I think they did a good job with the with the monsters. The um the scorpion like bird looking thing that was chasing yeah. Siri. The, that thing was creepy. That thing was weird looking too. If that was at night, I probably would have peed my pants. Yeah, that thing was was interesting looking as well. Um and they definitely saved that big climactic fight for the end with Siri, Geralt, and all the witchers um, and the monsters. That they, they saved their budget for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, so much magic going into that, which is a lot of VFX. And I'm surprised. I did not expect the guy at the end to be Siri's dad. I didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. I think I actually liked season two a little bit more. I agree with you. The best moment is in season one. I think the thing that hurt me was I just couldn't find a consistent time to sit down and watch it. So there were aspects of it where I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That happened. Like how I was trying to think of like plot things that I just couldn't pull. Um, but, yeah, I liked I'm, I'm excited with I think, you know, you slowly build and hopefully you get better and better. And I do think it was better than season one. Season one did a lot of time jumps that were kind of weird. I actually I liked Bard actually more this season. Um, I liked his relationship with Yen and Geralt because he wasn't like afraid of them and he was ripping them the entire time. And I I liked that dynamic. Yeah, he's good. And I mean, he that dude's got to start his own band or something. He's got a great voice. He does. He just he just makes bangers pretty much. I'm surprised I haven't seen him like anywhere else. Like he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He plays that character really well. Yeah, he he definitely does. I mean, he's the comic relief. Um, I think this this season just really put people in their places, I think, for me, and it really sets up for the third season to be crazy. Yeah. At least in my eyes, with The Last Hunt, and The Wild Hunt, I mean, and yeah. um, Siri's dad, and um, 
yeah, Yen and Geralt are now together with... Uh, well, kind of. Like, she kind of pissed Geralt off a little bit. Yeah, but you uh, know he's going to forgive her. You can't say no to Yen. And uh, with... Um, what's it, what's the dad's name? Um, Besamir. Besamir, yeah. And the other witchers and stuff, so... Yeah. It'll be fun. I, enjoy, I enjoyed them bringing in more witchers. I enjoyed meeting... Uh, some of the other witchers that was cool i mean they were kind of they weren't super fleshed out but it was like i don't know i liked i liked the whole siri training and stuff and getting the leshy um in the witcher um building the guy who got infected Mm -hmm. um that was interesting so it was a cool season you're right they definitely did spend more time with the uh the monsters on that show, which I mean, that's what the Wisher's about. So, yeah, I mean, he's a monster hunter. Yeah, kind of. He's also he's a parent. He's a sorcerer. He's a monster hunter. He's he's crazy. He's trying to be a parent. Yeah, he's a better parent than Yen <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> she said. So. She said, "Come with me, so I can sacrifice you to a crazy ass." Yeah. Last mother or whatever. Yeah, that's weird. Tor- Tormund. That's his name. Mm. Tormund Giants Bane. Yes. I couldn't let that go. <laughs> well, now we got the answer. Oh, finally. So, all right. Well, I really enjoyed episode 122. I hope you all did as well. That was a lot of good stuff that we had there um, in the sports world and then the entertainment uh, business as well. We'll keep that going moving forward. Um, We hope you all have a wonderful week. Obviously we film the episodes on Wednesday and they come out Thursday or Friday, depending on how quickly we can push it out. Um, But those are normally our release dates. So it'll either be out on Thursday or Friday. Um, We hope you all again, have a fantastic week and if you are an NBA fan, steer clear of the Kings games. Find better ways to spend your time. <laughs> <laughs> if you have NBA League Pass, don't click on the Kings game. It's, that not, game. it's not worth it. <laughs> Skip the game. Um, I think it'd be better. It'd probably be more fun watching the baseball negotiations than watching the Kings. I don't know about that, man. Well, we'll see. So anyway, we will see you all for episode 123. Have a great week. And um, yeah, bye. Go ahead.